Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, coming May 15th, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb. And I'm Julie. Can't get enough of your love. Douglas. Yeah? Are yeah. you are you a frog? What no. What kind of frog you compare, you know? I'm very white. Oh, okay. I was getting a little more cartoon frog than very white, but... but. Man, this place. I'm telling you, how stuff works, you try to bust out an accent here or any sort of vocal nuance, and you have a bunch of experts <laughs> chiming in. But no, it's good that you went for Barry White, because today we're talking about the Barry White effect. We're talking a little bit about Barry White, a little bit about uh, Marilyn Monroe, mm-hmm. throwing in some koalas here and there. But but first, let, let's just talk very briefly about Marilyn Monroe and Barry White from sort of a cultural standpoint. Like, both of these are icons of sex appeal that really may not hold up, as we were discussing earlier, to, uh, to to modern pop culture standards, and certainly to any individual out there, you might not think, oh, well, you know, Barry White is the the be all of of male sexuality, or you might you might not have Marilyn Monroe posters all over your dorm room, um, but they they still have this sort of iconic. Um, power to them. Yeah, they do. They are um, j- just brimming with sexuality. Yes. And some of that is because of the type of music that Barry White created. It was very much like, I'm going to put the record player on and we're going to get down, right? Yeah, he wasn't doing historical ballads about, uh, you know, about the uh, battles in, in, uh, in history or anything. It was very much get down to business. 
And in terms of Marilyn Monroe, I mean, she is sort of like a female through the cultural lens, completely, you know, um, caricaturized, uh, sort of the Betty Boop, a living Betty Boop. Yeah, and she, those were the roles she played. I don't recall ever having seen a Marilyn Monroe movie where she threw a karate chop or, um, you know, or, or fought an alien on a spaceship. It was, it was very much Marilyn Monroe as Marilyn Monroe, um, you know, copy and paste, repeat. Right. That was her purview, right? She wasn't trying to put forward this idea of a balanced idea of what a woman could be or should be. Right. Uh, so here we have these big iconic presences and we have a couple of studies that actually relate to them. And at the bottom of all of this, there's this idea that we might actually have a voice prejudice. We might hear certain voices and gravitate toward them. And we're going to explore this idea. Yeah. And, and, and that in and of itself, I mean, we can all relate to that. There are certain voices that are going to annoy us in our lives. And we're going to have certain uh, uh, tastes uh, that revolve around other voices. Like it, like some people are going to be really annoyed by a high nasal voice or, or even a, a really deep voice. I can see that as being annoying. I mean, there's so many... Like everything that we've discussed con- concerning uh, where the human condition meets uh, Darwinian evolution, there's there's what we have evolved to be, and mm-hmm. then there's the complications uh, that have arisen from the ascension of human consciousness and the layers of culture we put over everything. Well, and one of the ways that we try to cut through all of that and try to figure out whether or not there's some sort of baseline to uh, voices and the way that we, re- we react to them is we look to the animal world. Yes. Specifically, resonance frequencies in animals. So we've seen studies of animals and birds that reveal that listeners can figure out body size and what the intent of the caller is um, based on frequency, voice quality, and format spacing. So this format spacing is really important because as we're going to go on and talk about these lower pitches, those are really at, uh, are at the heart of what makes something very low pitch. So essentially, lower pitched vocalizations are less space between something called formants. Okay, and these formants, uh, these frequencies are emphasized frequencies within vocalizations. And humans, formants are essential to speech and they help us to distinguish between vowels. So, in effect, an animal's roar or vocal communication uh, of its choice is going to be a key to its size. The lower, more baritone sounds are going to say, hey, I'm a big uh, animal, as mm-hmm. opposed to the higher ones that would say, hey, I'm a smaller animal. Yeah, I mean, there's this idea that pure tone-like sounds are more likely to suggest a smaller size Submissiveness and fear. Does that sound? <laughs> yeah. Like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now one particular study, because, uh, because you want specific examples of this, I'm sure, um, we looked at a 2011 study published in the Journal of Experimental Biology, and they looked at koala bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, koala bears, if, if you don't know anything about them, you might think of them as purely asexual creatures that live only on, um, you know, tree limbs or in baby cribs. You know, they're stuffed koala bears. I mean, they're very adorable looking. But of course, like any animal, they engage in a rather raucous, uh, sexual life all their own. Um, We've uh, we've discussed in the past uh, lesbian koalas that will uh, push one another up against uh, uh, plants and uh, and have their way. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you know the koalas are a decent place to look uh, for examples of uh, of this kind of vocal frequency uh, as used as a, a kind of mating uh, signature. And indeed, they found that by um, 
that the, that the male koalas advertise their size by changing the resonance of their calls. Uh, lower resonance, uh, again called uh, formants, have a more baritone quality, and that just is telling the uh, lady koalas out there, hey, I'm big. I'm a big koala, and the the underlying theme here is that I'm a big koala that can fight off other koalas. So if you if you hear me, guys, know that I am uh, a rather uh, sizable opponent, and you don't want to mess with me. And ladies, I am a preferred mate because as a large koala, I am more likely to give you large koala offspring who will in turn uh, have uh, mating success in their lives. So there's a very uh, you know hardcore Darwinian message here. Uh, it, I mean, it all comes down to the passing of genes from one generation to the next and trying to gain the next generation for success. Yeah, and uh, this actually points to the, the research of a group of 20 male koalas during the 2010 koala breeding season at Lone Pine Koala Sanctuary in Australia. And usually these guys, these little cute marsupials, are pretty quiet most of the year. But when it is mating season, they do have that deep, choppy growl. Yes. And so, as you say, the, the promise here and the, the research that was borne out here is that, again, there's a larger body size, head size that's correlated with the lower frequencies and this idea of, hey, I'm going to create more competitive offspring for you. And in the case of something like a fallow deer, a low-frequency growl that's heard off in the distance might discourage another would-be suitor uh, to a fallow doe, let's say, to retreat from the area. So mm-hmm. it's not just like, hey, I- I'm going to give you some really sturdy uh, youngins, but it could also be something of a play that's kind of like, hey, uh, you better step off because I'm in the area. All right, so this all leads to the inevitable question, what about humans? Is it is it the same with us? Is what it, about Barry White? And indeed, how, how does Barry White factor into this? Because Barry White, just to to, uh, to remind everyone, was a very big man. I mean, he, he struggled with obesity uh, you know, most of his uh, adult life, but he was also 6'4". He was a big dude, uh, an, an imposing figure. But also one that uh, that again became iconic because he had this uh, this kind of soft uh, uh, teddy bear kind of uh, quality to him as well. Like you never doubted that he could uh, he could stand up for himself and he could uh, put you in your place. But he was approachable. He was uh, he, he he had this lovable charm uh, and charisma about him. Well, there is a study uh, that was published in PLS One called Human Vocal Attractiveness as Signaled by Body Size Projection. And this looks at both high frequency and low frequency. And it found, let's look at the males first, that male listeners preferred female voices with high pitch, breathy voice and wide format spacing because it correlated with a smaller body size. Does this sound like anyone you've ever known? Yeah. Mr. President, that's yeah, the, that the Marilyn awful. Monroe voice. No, yeah. I think that was that was pretty spot on. It's kind of hard to do. <laughs> um, now, a breathy voice is indicative of the higher pitches that you would see in younger, thinner vocal cords. So mm-hmm. there's this idea that it is uh, suggesting that it's a youthful person. Um, and then it is achieved by increasing the amount of air passing through vocal cords, giving it an aspirated quality. As for female listeners, of course, they f- they prefer that deep, husky male voice. Uh, but again, not only does it need to be a deep voice, it needs to be that breathy voice. And again, think of Barry White. Uh, it, the, the breathiness to it, it 
uh, has this kind of calmness to it. They're saying, yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big guy, uh, but I'm not a dangerous guy. I'm an approachable guy. I'm a lovable guy. Uh, in, for instance, uh, John Goodman's voice, we were discussing earlier, uh, generally does not come up uh, as possessing very white qualities. Even though John Goodman is, uh, is of course, a big man with, with a, a very deep voice. With a very deep voice. But in most of the uh, most like interviews I've seen with him, and, and certainly in any of his film roles, he tends to have a very abrasive quality, and uh, and it's kind of a, a fast talker much of the time, and kind of a grumbling uh, nature to everything he says. That, so it doesn't have that breathy quality. It doesn't. He doesn't have that teddy bear quality that you get with Barry White. And that, uh, as this uh, study reveals, that's what uh, uh, female listeners are supposedly going for. Yeah, the idea is that that breathiness kind of mitigates any sort of aggressivity that might be perceived in the voice. Mm-hmm. So you go, ah, oh, what a gentle giant. <laughs> So you'll see information all throughout scientific literature that a deep voice is part and parcel of sexual selection and that men with low frequency, short space formats have more sexual hookups. You'll see this in Mm -hmm. literature. In fact, uh, there's a paper by the name of Voice Pitch Predicts Reproductive Success in Male Hunter Gatherers. And it bears out the fact that the men of the Hadza people, these are Tanzanian hunter-gatherers sired far more children than their higher-pitched counterparts. Now, it's important to note that they went to a secluded community like this to conduct this study, because once you start factoring in things like birth control, uh, that just kind of skews the whole uh, uh, human mating uh, platform. Now, one of the things that skews this idea of uh, lower-pitched voices as part and parcel of sexual selection, a.k.a. evolution, is a paper published by Lee Simmons et al. in the December 2011 issue of PLOS1. And it says, hey, men with deeper, attractive voices may have lower sperm quality than men with less attractive voices. And this was uh, determined by semen analysis, which revealed that men with deeper voices have lower scores on seven motility parameters. Now, we're talking about 54 male participants from the University of Western Australia. Okay, They were recruited for this, and this is just one study. But I think it gives you the idea that it's not quite as cut and dried as some of the literature in the past would put out there. And researchers believe that the lower sperm quality reflects a trade-off that comes with having to compete for mates. Hmm. Okay. So because if you were a, um, say, the, the squirrelier uh, male with a higher voice or the sort of annoying voice, you uh, you may not get that many shots at the prize. So when right. you do, it's got to count. But if you are the Barry White of the koala world, you know, you've got numerous opportunities to hit the bullseye. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to talk about something else that actually may trump the Barry White and Marilyn Monroe voice, and it has to do with our own voices. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Rob, as the uh, the local host with allergies here, they sent you some of their nasal spray to treat your allergies. What was your experience like? Yeah, that's right. I always wrestle with the pollen a bit when it rolls in during the spring. So they sent me the little uh, nasal spray. I tried out the product and yeah, it sure did help me get on top of my symptoms for the day. And it's so fast acting, uh, it was already kicking in before I left the house. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. 
Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can get Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. But We Loved is a new podcast about queer history coming May 15th. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, your host. Growing up, I thought being gay was the worst thing I could ever be. The gay history I learned was tragic. Jerry had died of AIDS, and it's like, what is happening? It was survival. That's why it's called survival sex. But as I interviewed queer elders, I realized there was another history that I had never been taught. A history of courage and perseverance. I wanted to take control of my story and not be ashamed of it. And it was a history full of love. The joy we found in saying husband again and again and again was incredible. And while learning this new queer history from my elders, I realized they had so much wisdom to pass down. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. For My Heart Podcasts, I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and this is But We Loved. Listen to But We Loved May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. It was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of... dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. 
Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back. And during the break, uh, Noel, our producer, myself, and Robert had this quick little discussion of who could actually uh, take on the mantle of Barry White in these days. Who is the modern Barry White who can deliver all that sultry fuzziness? Yeah, and I was thinking, like, I was thinking, okay, John Goodman, no, that didn't work. And I was, like, running through all these different names of, like, sort of big or deep-voiced, uh, uh, you know, male actors or celebrities, and none of them were really clicking. Like, all of them just seemed a little off. But Noel nailed it. He said, I got it. And he said Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, because Scarlett Johansson has this wonderful, like, husky female voice mm-hmm. that I, I venture to say a lot of people find uh, attractive. It's great, and what I love about it is it's this little gender twist, because really it's sort of if you took all of the best aspects of Marilyn Monroe's voice mm-hmm. and Barry White's and put it together. And, I, man, I would love to have her voice. That would be great. It is It is a really good voice. Uh, I've admired it since, uh, what was it, uh, Ghost World back in the day. Yeah. Well admired. Yeah. Well done, Scarlett. All right, so we, we may love all the huskiness, the breathiness, but it turns out that ultimately we just love to hear ourselves in others. That trumps everything else. Yeah, a new uh, University of British Columbia study finds that we prefer voices that are similar to our own. And the reason here is because they uh, convey that e- these voices convey a soothing sense of community and social belongingness. It's the known quantity, right? Right. So we are automatically we connect and we begin to empathize with someone else. If they sound like us, and Molly Babble... Great last name, by the way. A professor in the Department of Linguistics and her colleagues at the University of California, Santa Cruz, asked college-age participants in California to rate the attractiveness of 30 male voices and 30 female voices reading isolated words. And these 60 voices represented geographical areas west of the Mississippi River. Now, one of the things that stood out is that the, the California folks, the participants, had a really strong preference for female voices that pronounced the the ooh vowel, the double O vowel, sound from a word like goose further forward in the mouth as opposed to the um, ooh sound that someone in Fargo, North Dakota, might make when saying goose, goose. In that case, the word is originating deeper back in the mouth. Yeah, this was, uh, this was fascinating because uh, on one hand you have to sort of Realize that yeah, at the end of the day, when you're when you're thinking about what's attractive and what's not attractive in another human being, um, you're you're getting down to are, are these people I want to spend time with, or in the in the case of a potential mate, is this someone I want to to spend uh, an, an exorbitant amount of time with, and uh, and and so you're going to want somebody, or you're going to want people that you have things in common with, that you share some sort of sense of community. Uh, and then this, you know, this goes back through you know, thousands and thousands of years of human history. You know, you want, people need to belong. They need to mm-hmm. belong to a group in order to survive. There's a survival advantage in being able to, to, to sync with those around you. Yeah, and I think that is, it's interesting that that is more powerful than this sort of veiled, idea that a breathy voice, a husky voice is going to deliver on on sex. Um, essentially, that's what we're thinking, right? Yeah. We're thinking about Marilyn Monroe or Barry White, uh, and that it really does, the sense of community trumps that 
promise, that suggestion. And the only thing that kind of gets in the way of this idea of community and familiarity is the foreign language paradox. Yes. And and I kept thinking about this uh, myself when I was reading a lot of this initial stuff, because I, I was thinking, OK, what are the voices that I would say I you know, objectively find uh, uh, attractive? I would say that like a like in male voices, like a British accent mm-hmm. and in, in, in uh, among the ladies, a German accent. Really? Now, yeah, like the German accent. I don't know. There's something like strong and commanding about a a, a German accent. Anyway, Hilsenfeffer. well, that's the that even real German. I don't. Know. Yeah, that's rapid, my friend. Well, but it did. I know, but you didn't put your heart into it. Hilsenfeffer. <laughs> See, okay, you're. That's okay. Though that's not a good example, but. Um, but still, I'm, you're like you're ruining it for me. You're, too late. You are. You're Stop. ruining it for me. Okay. But see, so that's what I would say if someone were to ask me. But of course, in in reality, I did not marry anyone with a with a German accent or a British accent, and uh, and and so I, I end up sort of defaulting to the argument that you end up marrying someone who uh, or choosing a partner that sounds more like you, somebody who is, uh, in in my case, someone who uh, was raised in the South but has like less of a Southern accent. Uh, my Michigan people will tell you right now I wasn't raised in the South. Okay. <laughs> but I have been here long enough that I've taken on the twang. That's for sure. Um, Professor Babel, again, she says that once you're outside of a certain range of familiarity, novel and exotic sounding voices might become more attractive. She says we all have to keep in mind that we find some accents more preferable than others because of social stereotypes that are associated with them. Hmm. And I thought, you know what, I think she's right. I'm kind of a sucker for that. Because I'm a sucker for a British accent because I think that it, it, you know, is endowed with a bunch of different things for me, like worldliness Mm -hmm. and wit. Now, of course, both of us, when we're talking about British accents, we're probably talking about very specific uh, British accents. We're thinking thinking more about, like, uh, Ben Kingsley and, uh, like, Tom Hiddleston, that kind of of accent, rather than, like, a strong Birmingham uh, England accent. Yeah, and I'm not thinking Cockney, and I'm not thinking Downton Abbey. (laughs) either. The Cockney accent is kind of sexy in its own right, you know? Eh, I suppose it can be, yes. (laughs) But again, the the idea that of an exotic voice is a a voice that is is new, it's novel, and maybe a little dangerous, and that does appeal to the novelty-seeking aspects uh, of an individual. You know, we want new experiences, we want new ideas, and we've, uh, we've podcasted on this before. So, you, you could definitely see where you would gravitate towards individuals with those qualities. And you're projecting your fantasies onto that. Too. Right. And, and it's kind of, so we end up seeing the situation where there's, there are the, the voices that sound like our own, and those are cherished. And then there's the, the voices far away that sound nothing like our own, and those are cherished. It's that gulf in between that just turns us off, you know? Like, yeah. oh, they're saying their, 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 vow, their vowels are coming out just a little weird, and I don't like it. Yeah, it's the other, right? Yeah. It's a, and we always have a fear of the other, so uh, it's interesting to see it played out like that. All right, so that's pretty much an overview of your Barry Whites, your Melon Monroes out there. Also, I have a video on this topic. And in it, I'm going to reveal the real reason why Marilyn Monroe spoke like a doe-eyed, thin and re-voiced gal. Oh, interesting. Yeah. All I'm right. going to reveal it here. you got to go to uh, YouTube, Mind Stuff Show. Yeah. Check it out. Also, StuffToBlowYourMind.com. That, of course, is the, the mothership. You'll find links out to uh, all of our stuff there. You'll find links to our Facebook, 
our Twitter, our Tumblr page, our Google Plus. Uh, you name it, we probably signed up for it at one point or another. And uh, as well as all of our, our podcast episodes going all the way back through our history, uh, you'll find all of our blog posts, stufftoblowyourmind.com. Check it out. Throw us some traffic. Uh, we love it when you do. So if you guys have some thoughts on this, you see that Marilyn Monroe video and you have some questions or you, you've got a qualm there about some Marilyn Monroe stuff, or you have some ideas about Barry White and the reasons why we're attracted to certain voices, you can email us at blowthemind at discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, coming May 15th, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.